0: Welcome back to Bible and History. I'm Jeff Johnson and with me today is my mother, Rebecca Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the dispersion of mankind from the Tower of Babel and the confusion of languages and where everybody went and how they ended up where they are today. Uh, I'm going to begin reading Genesis chapter 11, verses 7 and 8, which say, Go to, let us go down. There confound their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city.
1: Yes, so this is where history is going to get really fun, because we're going to take biblical history, tie it in with other Continent histories To show that all of this is happening at the same time And to show that the Bible is really relevant because it's all going along at the same pace Mm -hmm. and not just floating independently in a weird bubble so It's interesting to know That um, and this kind of points back to Genesis 1 but at the same time to this dispersion The best evidence for it all was done by evolutionists, ironically. Uh, They did a mitochondrial DNA study, um, and basically they proved the entire world went down to one woman. We know her name, that would be Eve. And it also proved that there was a catastrophic event that brought the population of the world down dramatically to eight, Mm -hmm. and that then those eight went on to disperse around the earth. Um, so evolutionists even proved that this is true. (laughs) And so I love that, that they accidentally proved the Bible. God help them. Yeah. That was fun. So let's talk about the dispersion. Um, it took place about 120 years after the flood, which would put it at 2242 BC. this point is where the bible is going to split and follow israelites right and we will look to other historical references to follow what happened to the other 69 families that left because the the
0: history of the world is a very complex and massive piece of -hmm. of interwoven stories and to put that all into Mm -hmm. one book is impossible really um (laughs) and so the bible of course you know Up until the flood, it's kind of, it looks at the whole world, but just kind of overviews and quick glances, uh, because everything before the flood was destroyed. Uh, So it was all kind of word of mouth. After the flood and after the Tower of Babel, of course, everybody's dispersed. So you gotta kind of focus in, and God focuses in His word uh, on His people uh, and follows their story and follows the story to Jesus uh, into salvation and, and uh, to help Christians and to help God's people grow. So he's not focusing on what's happening in China or North America or most of Europe for the most part. He's focusing on what's happening to his people uh, in the specific timeline.
1: Excellent, that is true. And so what does happen to everyone? Um, We know that Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth. It will be from their descendants that we all descend. Um, Shem is the one you will learn the most about in the Bible because his son, Arphaxad, is the line that will go to Christ. Mm -hmm. Arphaxad was born around 2345 BC. Um, And it's interesting because actually Shem's relatives, we focus on our facts out in the Bible, but he had more sons and family that would go out and they actually would fill um, areas like the Ur of the Chaldees um, and then further on into Asia, into China, Mongolia, and then those relatives, and we're talking several generations down now, will then go on to the Americas, and we're gonna talk all about that. Now, Ham... They were a
0: very traveling group.
1: Yes, very traveled, well-traveled group. Yes. Um, Ham, we discussed his um, son Canaan would get the curse. The curse is not a skin color, folks. We discussed that. Um, His family would settle the Middle East, um Canaan... yes, Canaan is the promised land, but the cursed son was the one that is going to give us like the Amalekites and the Malachites, and, and anyway, all those groups that were against the Israelites in the settling of Israel originally. Yep. they are going to be destroyed in Bible times by the Israelites, as God promised. Okay, and I want us to note that again because of the nonsense of racial tension. There doesn't need to be. We're all one-blood human. And so that's interesting. Now, Ham did as well have other sons. They don't all have one son. They have multiple sons. Ham's other sons go on to fill the rest of Africa. Um, His son, Miserium, was the founder of Egypt. Uh, Some of his descendants will go on to South and Central America as well. And we will learn about that. It's very exciting. Now, Japheth. Very fun stuff. Japheth is what the Bible would reter- refer to as the Gentile nations.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, basically, Japheth's relatives filled Europe. A little bit into the Middle East, but not as much as Ham's, but predominantly Europe, as in up into Russia across into Spain and further on into England and Ireland and that was actually very quickly afterward. We're going to talk about it, but this is the basic dispersion pattern. So you have Shem doing the Promised Land and then into China, you have Ham filling Africa, the Middle East, and you have Japheth filling Europe. And then all three brothers, all three, and I am talking pre-slavery, all three groups are going to head into the Americas. Um, So. <clears throat> they start moving out. God has <laughs> cut the language, and they start dispersing in every direction from the land of Shinar. And we discussed that as well, that that would be more northern Turkey rather than down south. And they spread right. quickly. Um, yeah, I it wasn't a,
0: a slow migration. Um, no. They... You had... Uh, I think it was 75 family groups, right around there. Um, they Each family group gets their language divided, and so by families they go to the different areas. And it's, it's pretty quick, within a couple of, of uh, years really, uh, you've already seen people all the way over in India, uh, all the way, you know, Obviously, the closer they are, the quicker they get there, exactly. you know, so you go from, from Turkey to, let's say, Egypt, that's going to be quicker than if you're going to China. Uh, so, obviously, you have the distances, but mm-hmm. they're basically headed straight there, and they walk until they get there, and then they stop. There's no real kind of, like, stop and go, stop and go. They just, they book it for their uh, mm-hmm. destinations. Exactly. and They get there real quick. And then civilization sprouts within a couple of decades of the Tower of Babel, or a couple hundred years, you know, within there, depending on how long it took them. Exactly. It's it's pretty quick stuff.
1: And keep in mind that this idea that they had to walk only, um, if you think about it, we had the Ark, a very seaworthy vessel. um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we noted around the world, is a similar style of boat. Um, there is a high likelihood that most of these people, if there was water to be traversed, traversed it via boat, rather than walking all the way around.
0: Um, and if if they are going by land, they also had uh, animals that they could ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 120 years after, they would have, the animals would have also been repopulating the earth.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they would have easily had Uh, horses or fast-riding dinosaurs or different things like that uh, that they would have taken with them to expedite.
1: Exactly. The longest amount of time it might have possibly taken a continent to be filled absolute max amount of time would have been 500 years from the Tower of Babel. We get that number from a a legend of a people group but what we cannot confirm it is a people group that came to um, the Central American zone right. but what we cannot confirm is that there was no one there when they landed that is just how long that predominant family took to get to Central America but we have discovered as archaeology is being more and more done in the Americas that what we thought were base cultures actually were built on top of a different culture. So it is highly likely there were people before the groups that we'll talk about in the Americas. So that, that 500 year period literally comes from just one family group that claimed that that's how long it took them to get to the Americas and settle. Now, I believe that they came much quicker than that because it only takes a modern ship Um, there's been an issue in the Suez Canal that was resolved yesterday but a modern ship can leave England and get to the ports in China in 32 days going around the Cape of Good Hope in Africa. Just 32 days. And so this idea that they couldn't get somewhere is is silly. They did use ships and um, in fact the line of Japheth a lot of their descendants discuss in detail the shipping industry that was immediately built. So, yep. as he said, these family groups went out and even now anthropologists are agreeing that there were we used to call when I was in when I was in school we called Mesopotamia the cradle of civilization and they had this idea that all life formed in Mesopotamia and spread out in an yep. evolutionary manner. Now, Anthropologists are teaching. Well, no, there were multiple cradles of civilization, and they're actually pointing to them in every continent. Well, there aren't multiple cradles of civilization. It's what Jeff said that they booked it to their location and and built. And then stopped there and built. Exactly. I do want to just put a little pause here and point out this is also where we get the concept of cavemen. I just want to put a, this like a little side yes. verb. Yes, men lived in capes. That's, there's a difference between the anthropological bizarre caveman and yep. men that live in capes. Um And yes, there were people who used caves as a temporary shelter on their way to their permanent location. And guess Mm -hmm. what? I live in Brazil. Um, If you visit South America or Europe, you will find tagging, you know, painting bizarre gang symbols or nonsense on buildings is a common practice. As an American coming in, it actually looks filthy and disgusting. And it takes a long time to understand if you're in a good or a bad neighborhood because everything is tagged. And the same is true in Europe. And it's just a lack of respect. What is to say there wasn't a lack of respect by teenagers back then, too? I don't think a lot of the cave paintings that they point to from an anthropological, oh, look, they were coming up out of the mud and mire, and look at these stick figures they painted, woo! Actually, I think what you're looking at is a bunch of teenagers tagging the cave in which they lived. (laughs) Yeah, you're
0: walking, you know, if you're walking from Turkey to, let's say, England, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going along, uh, you got your cave dwellings, that's them stopping for the night. Hey, look, this is a cave. Maybe it was raining. I don't want to sleep out in the rain. Uh, They didn't either. So they jump into a cave real quick. The teens and the kids are tired of walking, they want to get a little energy, they've built the fire, the fire has died down, they grab a piece of coal and start drawing on the walls. It's what kids do. You see it today with, with kids, you know, drawing on the walls and the houses. It's the same thing. They're just bored and they're going to draw what's happening to them uh, because it's fun and it's all they've got, you know? Right. Um, when, when we were traveling throughout the state, uh, you know, throughout the states for deputation, I did my own drawings, Mm -hmm. and I I doodled and whatnot. I didn't do it on a wall, wall. I did it on a paper. (laughs) Yeah. But it's the same concept. Exactly. And then you've got them hunting for animals, and they're just grabbing what they can on the way, so you get your stone arrow tips, you know? It's not because they were technologically uh, retarded, it was just the fact that they were traveling, and they didn't have time to make a steel-tipped arrow. They found a rock, they chipped it down, Mm shot near Yeah. You know, they needed food. It, and uh, so it's, it's more a fact of necessity exactly. than a living stock.
1: Exactly. Kind of a disposable, easy to get income. What do we do now on the road? We use disposable plates, disposable cups, disposable, they were doing the same thing. And it was called stone. It wasn't a yep. stone age. It was literally a disposable. There's lots of stone. You could get more. So there you go. <laughs> No work needed. Exactly what yep. Jeff is saying. So, yes. Yes, people lived in caves, for heaven's sake. Were they a different species? Were they a different homo sapien, whatever? No. They were human, just like you and I. And if you saw them, you wouldn't really tell any difference. If you've traveled the world, as mm-hmm. we have, um, people look different in different parts of the world. That's true. Um, there are different facial bone structures. But... I have seen the same bone structure that they would claim as a homo sapien on, on people here in Brazil. It has nothing to do, it's just a different family bone structure. So don't get hung up on the cave stuff. That's, and, and at some point we're gonna show you what a real cave dwelling is, and that'll be a blast and a half. So we go, through, they're leaving, and really, literally, at the same time, we're gonna have some major civilizations settle because you do have some family groups that are gonna have maybe a healthier family group, as far as there weren't as many elderly people. You have to think about this because yeah. it was split by families, not by health. So, mm-hmm. some families are even today more energetic than others. Um, my family, yeah. maybe not so energetic. We're kind of built for comfort. Other people's families love jogging and hiking and doing all the mountain climbing and all this. And the same would have been true then. You would have had family groups that are more athletic, a little quicker on the you know the go. and you would have family groups with maybe some grandparents, mm-hmm. elderly people, so it's going to take them slightly longer to find a spot and get settled. But pretty much almost instantly you have Egypt, Mesopotamia, Indus River Valley Civilization, um, the Minoan Civilization, and um, Spain, what will become Spain. Almost instantaneously all of those start literally within just years of each other, max. Just a slight difference because we are talking about maybe to get to the Indus River Valley Civilization is a slightly longer distance. And then not much long after that, the Chinese civilization is settled in China. So really, really quick off the bat, a lot of people are settling. And that is why today you might hear that there were multiple cradles of civilization. Don't let that throw you. It just means the Bible is true. And people left the Tower of Babel and started settling quickly. And our time's running out. So I am just going to give you a teaser for next time. We're going to talk about the major civilizations and what were they like that sprang up first. And sprang up is kind of an odd word, but it's kind of how it happened. Like, there was nothing, and then there was. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about how incredibly advanced all of these places were. And the fact that they were all going at the same time is really incredible. And is going to show how incredibly advanced mm-hmm. the society was walking off the tower of babel and we're going to talk about that all-important wheel that we learned about in our history classes as children so i'm looking forward to next week to talk about all this fun stuff
0: (laughs) yeah it's gonna be fun and and this is definitely where history gets um definitely more complex Mm -hmm. but uh also very very fun so we're in we're going to look forward to that and we hope you will uh join us and enjoy uh our talks next week so join us there if you have any questions about any of this stuff uh please feel free to email us at the bible in history at i'd love to try to answer those questions for you uh, so we look forward to seeing you next week
1: if you enjoyed today's video please like and subscribe to our channel
0: You can also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and Google Podcasts.